hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey guys, welcome back to the HA podcast. It's me, it's Ashley, it's Mishi, and we have today's topic, which is things that you used to, or we used to, normalize when we had HA. Um, we've had this conversation together, like here and there. Ashley and I have tried to actually record this episode before, <laughs> and we messed up the recording, so it's a fun one. 
to bring back. We're just going to share experiences. And, you know, the goal is for you to resonate, maybe laugh, um, and do some of your own thinking about your situation. So first of all, welcome back, ladies. Hey, hey. Wow. Yes, laughing. Okay. There is there is medicine in healing and laughing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, we were all crazy and totally delusional. And <laughs> let's just put it out there today. Let's hang out the laundry. Um, I'm gonna like kick it over to Mishi. She's been doing some pondering um on this. So you just kick kick us off with the first thing, Mish. Um, I made a list of things. So this is the first thing. Uh, here's the first thing that I put is like dreaming about my food or specifically my coffee the night before. Like I would just obsess about having that cup of coffee in the morning because I didn't eat breakfast. That was my breakfast. Mm. I would literally just like go to bed dreaming about it. Can't wait to wake up and have it. I don't know if that's like a, anybody resonates with that. I mean, I feel like I definitely loved coffee back then. I mean, I like it. Um, but like my fascination with coffee was purely because I would drink it till 12 and then I'd have my first meal. <laughs> 12. Well, same. Yeah. I, might just been, I might have just been hungry. No, I think all of these stem from being hungry. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, a lot of them are just like hunger strategies um, of some kind. So that makes sense. I think I didn't, I didn't remember necessarily dreaming about my coffee. I mean, I look forward to it no matter what, <laughs> but I definitely would think about um, like just breakfast, about food. I would, I mean, just, I can't, I almost can't put into words how much more intense food was like the smell of it the idea of it like passing a bakery passing an ice creamery going to a party where there's like snacks on the table like just the the sort of the focus on it and really feeling like so this is the part that I had normalized was just thinking that that was like me like I am just a food obsessed person like I am just not um not one of those girls who can feel neutral towards food and like not gorge herself like on everything at the party and I had just normalized that behavior in general like thinking about and focusing on the food yeah would you have also back then had or said that you had a bigger appetite than other women yeah, for sure. Like I could, yeah, I feel like I would. So if there was a time where I would go to a restaurant or whatever, I mean, I never didn't finish the food on my plate. I didn't understand people that could like leave a few bites or only have half of their food and get a box. Like I thought that was weird. Um, and not only, okay. All right. Well, here's one of the things, and I'm sure this was on the, the last episode was like, I used to, if I was alone, lick my plate. And if I was with others that I was comfortable enough with, I would at least have to get my finger 
to like any like like juice or leftover sauce or something that was on the plate like the plate was clean like there is no more I cannot even think of a a more uh, like that just defines starvation mode (laughs) (laughs) like you guys I would get my yogurt bowl so like this is a separate one but like this crazy dessert that I would make every night but I would like insert my face into the bowl would you like get it all over your face too? <laughs> like no shame. I mean, no shame. I mean, I think that I had like the eyebrows down, but like, but my husband was just like, <laughs> like he thought it was so weird, and I wasn't super proud of it, but like it was an impulse, like because especially tracking your macros, you have this assigned food, and you know maybe in hindsight, like Ashley, I could have. Like if I was going to have like 250 grams of yogurt, I could have just like put 260 in and like not felt the need to get like like every last scrap of it, you know, but I didn't like think of that and I just (laughs) needed it. And I probably wouldn't have trusted myself to do something like that and not eaten at all. I was, I was so hungry that like, I didn't have good impulse control around food. So I had to be away from the food which is really what led into saying no to events and social things like when Jake and I I was just listening back to the episode he and I did episode 48 back in the day where he was like sharing his experience going through this with me and like how when we were dieting or I was dieting we would go to a Mexican restaurant and like his favorite part is the chips And I would ask him if we could just like not have chips. Can we just not get the chips for the table? And at a lot of the restaurants, they just give you chips, you know? Mm -hmm. But I would be like, no, can we not have the chips? Because they can't be on the table or else I can't handle it. And if I start, I'll eat the whole thing. So that behavior doesn't happen anymore because I am not hungry. But I used to think that was just me. And that like to your question, Mishi, I just thought, I had a crazy big appetite and that was what was going to be in the way of my like being lean journey yeah. when like my being lean journey is what was in the way of like my enjoying of life so yeah it's funny I just a lot of dieting people on Instagram you come across and they're just like I just had a big appetite I just and like I don't know and I'm just like you you're just hungry you have you a big appetite because you're eating vegetables yeah, like for your only source of like caloric intake. And then you like think zucchini that you- <laughs> is water. <laughs> yeah, and then you like think that you need to control this because you have this insatiable appetite that's bigger than everybody else's. But now, actuality, like you said, just hungry. So interesting. Well, on the topic of like, um, I used to think that food was the most in like the epitome of experience I thought it was and like wrapped up in like I'm just really present with my food right I'm just really Mm -hmm. present in the moment to the point where like eating out was like my like you know like if you like I wouldn't mind dropping buku money on eating out if it was like an experience and like the wine was perfect and the atmosphere was like this and it was you know especially because like whenever we lived uh in the desert we would go down the palm springs which they have tons of amazing restaurants and outdoors and all these things anyways but 
like I just remember just everything tasted good to the next level everything was such a high taste and when do you ever question now if like just food just was suck now it. or am I different oh 100% <laughs> I'm like like now like now I just don't even care to eat out because I just don't care exactly like, like I just don't care I mean like I had like every like city I had every restaurant pegged traveling I was like if I'm gonna stop and eat it's gotta be at the best experience right now I'm just like Dutch bros what like I don't even like you know like I just get some coffee with some milk you know what I mean just like keep it average like I don't care um but one time and this was probably on the previous episode of like everything tasted amazing (laughs) so we were at one of our where Danny and I worked at this uh retreat and they had this like massive meat and cheese board right but on there it was liver pate I had never had liver pate ever I I mean I didn't know what it was but I was coming in at my leanest most shredded and I was talking to our boss at the time and I devoured y'all an entire liver pate in because this wasn't this wasn't a cheese board this was a a whole like cart yeah of Remember, course it was, it, like was a a it was a cart it was a cart it was gigantic like a gigantic cart of yeah so like a whole liver pate that was probably for like multiple people five people <laughs> and i'm pretty sure yeah. in conversation with her i started eating it and like i just was like i could not stop and i'm not shocked that my body was like searched out liver pate which is like liver and fat you know what I mean because it's probably like the most nutrient dense they like my body probably had been next to in like a really long time and y'all I ate the whole thing the whole thing now the reason why I think that that's interesting is because it is so nutrient dense that you would naturally never eat entire liver pate like like you like you would struggle if like you were nourished but put a liver pate next to an undernourished person and they're probably gonna eat the whole thing the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) disgusting i like liver pate but i'm not gonna eat that much liver pate that's what i'm saying it's not when when you're when you're that hungry you can eat more of that kind of rich dense dense stuff than the average person before you start to feel like oh like so I would make bone broth and you know a part of the process for bone broth is roasting the bones that have like some meat on them first and then you'll transfer transfer them into the pot to cook and there would like um the roasting portion of the process was so trying to think of a different word other than triggering but it just like triggered like a a primal instinct and meat usually does for me above almost anything else so there's like this fatty meat on the bone roasting in my oven um I can smell it it comes out and Again, like I can't, and a big theme for me, you guys will notice is just like losing control and eating it all, like losing control and eating it all, going back into restriction, discipline, like mode where you're just gritting your teeth and burying it, not being able to handle it and my body overriding my actions. And it's like, there's two types of people. There's probably more types, but there's people who can just like not do, like they just can stick to the plan. 
You know what I mean? And then there's people like me who I think in my entire like macro tracking history, my record was early on three months. And then I never got anywhere near, and it, maybe it was only two, um, but but uh, th- over a three, four-year period of time, I never got anywhere near that any other time. I would always have some, like, episode uh, a week and a half, two weeks in. So anyway, I would eat all the meat off the bones. I would sit down, and this is, like, greasy heavy meat it would be like sitting down with a bucket of fried chicken or something and just like eating the whole bucket and eventually getting like the meat like fat sweats because you've eaten so much of it (laughs) me she's like I can't even not not many people stomach hurt because like I've because yeah. I've done anything before. Because like sometimes when you roast a chicken, that the the really thick fatty pieces of the skin they taste so good, and you end up like eating too much, and you're like, oh my god, I feel sick. And that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's it's the exactly what of protein. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's got the highest thermogenesis. You know, like you know, like you burn more calories while eating protein. So like the meat sweats is like legit. Okay. Yeah, it's like a legit thing. Blake has definitely done that. He lost, like, he was, like, it was his first time at, like, a Brazilian steakhouse. And Brazilian, dude. Every yeah, time. I just, can't go to Brazilian. He I just had his it. green card on everything. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy at that place, like, how quickly you actually are full yeah. at Brazilian Trasco. Like, you, you can't try everything because you're so... I was like, it's, you know, and everyone goes in being like, oh, you guys can be losing money on me tonight, but you don't like, you just get (laughs) just demolished like three or four options in because it's just pure fat. Like almost everything has just this huge thing on it. And I don't think a lot of people, because when I'm coaching and I share my own experiences with people, sometimes like, I don't have a lot of people say, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. When I talk about like my weird draw towards meat in particular, I think that's not like, I'm always surprised that that's not super widely shared, but you know, with everyone. But I do think, uh, while I don't think I have a bigger appetite than anyone else, (laughs) I do think I have an unusually high like requirement for animal protein because I, because no one else relates to me on that that like if you guys like please message me and be like oh no me too because even and i'll say even as like like i remember going through puberty and it changing and i remember being like i need red meat like and i would come home from school in my little school uniform and i would cook steak as an after school snack that's- like I was weird and I would go to the butcher with my mom and I would look at all the raw meat in the case. And sometimes I would be like, I could just eat that right now as is. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like that's weird. That's weird. I don't know what's going on there, but I've always just been a huge, huge media doll. So I have a client right now and I was like, I wish I could, rec- you know, I- I wish I just would have randomly recorded this conversation with her because I have the best conversations with her. Anyways, she was like, and um, she has just recently started to eat red meat. Um, it took 
almost a year of coaching and getting her blood work done and shockingly her cholesterol is like extremely low that it, it that it's to a point of concern right like it's just not like oh great your cholesterol's low it's like really low anyways and so she goes so knowing what my response was going to be to her right and she was just like so I really have noticed um how nourishing sausage is I was like yes I've always been trying to get you to eat sausage you know what I mean and then and then I was like well how do you feel about potatoes she goes yeah that too and I'm like welcome Welcome to the getting nourished club. And so she's like finally to a point where she's starting to crave meat. Now I crave protein. I don't know if um like I can feel when I am got like a couple of days of like low protein. And I like, I honestly do not feel my best. I do not feel great, low protein. And sometimes like I can just get that, like I'll get low just because I'm just being lazy and I just don't want to like cook multiple portions of meat. Anyways, but this past week I've been super intentional to get a lot of protein in, and I feel like a million bucks, a million bucks. I just feel way better. So oh while I'm not ready to like eat raw meat, although I can get down on salmon, I can like get down. Shady. Yes. Or like a pokey bowl. I thought it was poke bowl, but the girls had <laughs> recently in Sedona. It's a pokey bowl oh my god yeah. that was a recent recently? revelation <laughs> i thought it was always called a poke bowl oh, oh my god, god. Really anyways funny. raw salmon i feel like they never give me enough i could just do triple the amount oh yeah um, i oh and then like right after i gave birth like i was eating those for every meal i was like i just need more <laughs> like i just felt like a mama bear who was like needing to fish in like the river and catch my own salmon <laughs> okay but back to weird things back to weird things that are not actually normal no nope. <laughs> I'm trying to think oh one of the other one was like I would go to the grocery store for like hours, hours. hours. yes me too oh you're so right hours like that was my highlight of the week like my husband could send me yes yeah but or if I just had to like go in for like one thing I I would be in there for 45 minutes he'd be out there waiting in the car like what are you doing and I'm like oh I didn't know I was in here for 45 minutes to get sauce or something (laughs) oh it was terrible even that's such an interesting one yeah, just, I just need to be around the food. And I don't know about you, but like typically as well, you just buy the same things every single week. Yes. But there's some kind of like, you're going in with this like opportunity. Like maybe today there'll be something new that, yes. is, a, that is allowed in the diet or something uh, like that. But there never is. <laughs> but never you were hoping that. so. That's so good. That probably is what my mindset was. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, some you're like, maybe today I'll find something that is magical and that works. And like in your early days, when you're first discovering dieting, whatever you're doing, you're, everything's new. So it's all like, like exciting and boom, boom, boom. But eventually you're stuck in your like routine, but your brain is constantly like, Hey, like, let's find more food, but you have rules <laughs> that, so it's like this weird uh, it's like a battle happening in your mind and you don't even know it's just become your personality 
yeah I used to like I think I would always be like oh my gosh is there something new is there like a new food that I miss that's going to like just make my meals amazing right so you're like I would almost like peruse as if like I was looking for a new treasure as if I had missed it before like Mm -hmm. some some zero carb noodles that actually taste amazing yeah (laughs) yeah I'm like thinking of some things that I found in Australia there was this like I'm sure they had a similar product here there was this like low fat no fat cheese yeah that was just like pure protein that I suppose was just like skimmed milk cheese like I can't even remember but it was like shredded cheese that I could have that had like no no fat in it well, there is, well, like we have, <laughs> we have something that is like, um, we have something that is, it's like, well, there's fat free Freda. There is that. And like, there is, uh, yes, I did a lot of that. I did a lot fat of free Freda. I did a lot of that. I did a lot of fat free, like cheeses, you know, what I also, like also think is just not normal. Like, and, and I've only realized this as like coaching, right? Like getting people back to eating the natural form of it, because somehow we have decided that the more dissected it is, the healthier it is. I'm like, that can't possibly be true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like it can't possibly be that like tearing apart dairy and making it some magic concoction of high protein and zero fat is and like zero carbs is somehow stable or great. You know what I mean? Not going down like an orthorexia tendency, but it just make it does make me think like why am I like why would we struggle so much with just normal cheese left alone? Well, I think we know as well. Like, because before I went into the macro like side of things, I was in the whole into the whole like paleo whole thirty thing, so I kind of knew, you know, that I was eating these things that were full of crap to help make them appear palatable um but what like at in the beginning I had so so much at least thought that I valued health so much that I cared about what I put in my body but the second that it was like oh no no you don't have to worry about that you can eat all of these things and control it more and and lose weight I like I found myself leaning heavily towards the processed stuff just to try and get more food in always feeling a little bit at conflict with my values. Like that was the first, probably the first early inkling of like, there's something about what I say I value. That's not currently in line with my actions. Like I think I care about weight loss more than I care about health. Um, It was, yeah, it was like interesting. Oh, I abandoned all values. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I resonated for you like a second until you're like, it with my values. I was like, oh no, I abandoned values quick. I abandoned all values. There was I there was none, you know. Um, what else was weird? Oh, I tell this to my clients about so one time, uh, so like whenever we lived in North Carolina and we had friends that were in the military, so like they would be either coming in or coming out, and so like they would always stay with us and stuff. And one of my really good friends, her husband stayed because for whatever reason, I don't remember. Um, but I would come home from work so hungry. 
And I wasn't even that far from work. It was like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, right? It wasn't like an hour commute. I would come home so hungry. And later he would tell me, he was like, when, when like you came home, I just stayed away from the kitchen because the amount of how fast you were moving in the kitchen to make your food. Like I was just like overwhelmed. Like I just couldn't like, I just felt like I would just be in your way and clearly like you were hungry. <laughs> and so now I just look back of like blood sugar crashing, not just, not just crashing, but been crashed, like been crashed for a while. Right. And like coming in like a mad, crazy person with blinders on, because when you're that hungry, like you just actually lose when you're this hungry, you lose your ability to recognize social cues hands down like you're no longer operating in the same reality with everybody else like you got blinders on you're in a tunnel and your goal is to make the biggest salad as fast as possible and to like stop the hunger so I was like yeah that's not normal that's not normal hey Do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing and these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even we have created a checklist it's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery and it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's thehasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. (laughs) Yeah. I do remember whenever I was keto because I did that too because why not do everything right I remember I got to a point to hit my certain macros like it wasn't even food anymore it was like weird concoctions of fat oh like fat bombs (laughs) well that oh yeah I did that too but like meaning that my meals like weren't even like meals anymore Mm mm-hmm 
because you can only mm. eat like steak and broccoli for for like so many meals like it like it was always just like these weird concoctions because the fat the caloric fat was so high that like you had to do something weird to hit those fat macros like weirdness like you know what I mean like you can like normal 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 and then something is going to be really weird oh like man. butter in your coffee that's weird <laughs> yeah I mean I did it it tasted great it's still weird you know what I mean I agree very weird mm. man I used to um pin recipes like constantly even I almost like I feel like I almost got fired from work because they're like mm, you seem very distracted lately <laughs> I'm just like pen and go home and cook this and I'm gonna yes. cook that <laughs> all of my Instagram saving stuff and like never transpired nothing transpired from like any of those recipes I just like looked at food all day long just thought about it mm. yeah I would make- <sighs> I would make healthy versions of anything and I would like write re- like recipes for the company. Same. Gosh. Don't yeah. eat any of those guys. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I would make like when my calories were super low. I think at one point I was doing like 1900, 1700, 1600, like getting my way down there. And so I my dinner would be these like think like a huge mixing bowl of like soup so I would eat this like broth based soup full of like you know high fiber low calorie vegetables and like lean protein um which you know tasted amazing to me at the time because I was like so hungry um and I would eat it till I was like so it I was just so full. And then I would still have this like huge dessert that I created out of like 0% yogurt and stuff. So like the sheer amount of food that I was fitting into my stomach. Yes. Is like inconceivable. Cause I would, cause I would hoard it all for the evening as well. So not only was it like high volume of food on low calories, but it was also most of my food in one sitting because I was so afraid of going to bed hungry Mm -hmm. and I made that real normal um the the size of the salad that I would eat is forever to eat a salad that big with with like with like all the raw veggies in there like I just have no words like, you know, like I still have the mixing. I still have the, it's like a massive mixing. It's a massive mixing bowl, y'all. Massive. And I would fill it up and like eat it as if it was like the healthiest normal thing to do. Wondering why my gut was so tore up. So part of the things that we normalize, my gas was so bad. I could clear the room. I could like Blake would be like Ashley (laughs) something died in your stomach like this is not normal (laughs) right like he 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 was like death is coming out of you like this is not normal right and I was like yeah that is a little stinky but like look at my abs right (laughs) like I would just like like not 
normal. Worth like, it. Do you know, like, do you romance know, like, at its finest? <laughs> okay. So the thing that probably should have like triggered that something was wrong was your gas should never be that bad. Like that should have been the full first sign, full stop. But the fact that like I just blew through that stop sign is insane. You know, I think that we, I think that we probably just assumed that because I mean I don't know about you, this was me with the gas. I think I just assumed that because I was hoarding all my food for the end of the day, it was just a lot of food. So it was just like a big hit on, like I knew I was eating a really huge, huge dinner at night. And I think I just assumed that that was the cause and it probably was partially the cause, but I was like happy to deal with that, even though I knew it wasn't normal in the pursuit of what I was going for. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but like, that's not normal. Meaning that like my, my farts never smell to a 10th degree of that. Mm. Uh, Thank God. It's just not normal. That, that what happened was not normal. Was not normal. That's not normal under any circumstance. (laughs) And and this is one that I, I did do a little bit, but I did not do to your level, Ashley. So I actually want you to talk about it, which is when you going to other people's places and sending oh. food or like buying groceries to have at their house for like one night, two nights. Good. Oh my gosh. Y'all. I mean, cheers to all my friends that are still my friends, right? Cheers to them. Like they're like the real MVP. <laughs> y'all. I had this ironed out so well that. <laughs> okay. Let's back up. Let's back up to the insanity because Ashley was that person who could hit their macros six out of seven days for like five years and keep going. Like, I mean, it's just one of those, I mean, here are, I, I ignored death farts as if it was normal. So let's be real. Like my capacity to be delusional was high. <laughs> okay. If so, you know, like, and then plus I was just like traveling all the time and doing whatever. So I would bring a cooler. I would travel with a massive cooler in my back of the, of my car. And I would pack all my food. So even if I was on the road, I was still eating like my own food. Heaven forbid that I would have to eat out. I'd eat like beef jerky or something. So I'm talking about like y'all, like I was bringing yogurts. I was bringing lunches. I was bringing everything I needed to make a massive salad on the road with the fiber wrap. (laughs) Then, 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 then if I was going to be somewhere... Oh, do you know how many times I've brought my cooler with the food to other people's houses? Endless. Endless. Like I would like to the point where people just knew that I would come with my cooler because I knew that the food that I was bringing wouldn't be able to fit in the fridge as if like I was just supplying food for another family when it was just me. Like they were just like, well, she just brings her cooler and she keeps her cooler in like the garage and like it's just never going to fit in our refrigerator and then like she's going to um instacart food to the house so if i was gone further maybe more than like one or two days where like things start to get soggy in a cooler i was already had the order ready to go mm. Did you just have a favorite order and you would just duplicate it and change the address? Yes and no, only because like, much. just depending on how far I was 
traveling and how far my food could go without getting waterlogged. Yeah. The no, level yeah, I think it sticks out in my mind because when, and we didn't know each other that well, but like, I still knew what you were doing because it was like a widely known strategy in our company, the, the yeah. company we worked at to like- And I wasn't the only one doing houses. it. Yes. No, it wasn't, it wasn't even weird to me at the time. I think I was just impressed. Like, I remember <laughs> I was just like, oh, like she's serious. Like I should, I should do that. Because the most I would do is like go to the sh- the shops once I get to someone's house and pick up like a few things to make sure I could have my dessert that was like in my control. Like I slash another thing I normalized was, was I, I couldn't not have dessert. And I know a lot of people resonate with that one. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't oh, yeah. not do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would control my day to make sure it happened. And I, I catch that in clients too, where I'll be like, Hey, let me guess this dessert that you have, it's so elaborate. Um, you plan to have that first and then work the rest of your day around it, don't you? And they're like, yes. And I would do that too. But so that's the most I would do. But like Ashley was staying at my house probably for three nights. That sounds about um, right. I think it would have been. And all these groceries showed up to my house. And the reason I remember it is because there was so much left over that I got to keep it all. And I like used it, the rest of it. And I was just like, she just like spent so much money to, That's not to be like, I would that drop, comfortable. I would drop so much money. And, and it was for the retreat, have- meaning it was for the retreat, meaning work was supplying lunch and dinner. Oh, which by the way, I would even bring additional meals just because like, because like, hitting those could run out of protein yeah and run out of protein (laughs) i was like can't can't it's a protein day not not when snap kitchen is around the corner y'all the level of insanity insanity like none of this is normal so if you're doing this this is not normal this is like bring my own meat to cookouts and i i brought out entire turkey to a thanksgiving (laughs) That's crazy. Why did you bring a whole turkey? Yeah, but why did you bring a turkey? I bet you think it's like her orthorexia. You yeah, gotta- no, like, did you like not want it to be cooked in the way that were they doing like fried? I or- want, yeah, no, I just didn't want it to be cooked in whatever they were going to cook it in. I didn't want, I wanted a humanely raised tur- turkey. Like I was like insane. Like, no, like I respect wanting the humanely raised, but like imagine you're making Thanksgiving dinner. Actually, you've got this whole turkey, <laughs> and like this chick brings a whole other turkey. I mean, but like, okay, but like, did you bring it cooked? I mean, this isn't crazy. No, I, I was like, you gotta cook this turkey, and I would bring <laughs> all the stuff to like make it with, and like, I just like remember the text that I sent my brother. It's just like so dumb of just being like, I'm, I'm fine. I'll eat some of those things, but I will not eat that meat. I will only, I'll bring my own meat. Like, just so oh. here's the thing about turkey. Turkeys take like all day, and like you can't double turkey in the oven, or else it's <laughs> what I'm thinking. So like, how did you cook this turkey? This is the thing is like, I didn't care about what anybody else's lives were happening. It was all about me. Yeah, I, dude. Like, no, I, feel that. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't say I've ever brought a whole turkey. I have brought leaner meat options to things. Oh my gosh. You know what stupid thing I used to do? I used to bring fat-free hot dogs. Oh, gross. <laughs> okay, look here. Humanely raised turkey. <laughs> 
no i used to do the fat free yeah the fat free hot dogs i did them too ashley and they would be like a snack like if i was desperate for food in between meals i would like heat up a fat free hot dog what does that even taste like like? wasn't okay i mean it just like a frank like it doesn't taste you know do you call them franks yeah some people do yeah. yeah yeah it just i feel like i feel like or it was like a turkey hot dog or something like that i can't remember but when you're when you're that hungry like these things are palatable to you yeah yeah it's wild it's so wild it's really wild (sighs) i'm trying to think of some other thing i chewed gum a lot that was like one of my oh yes yes i i think dave's mom like or my husband mom would always get me like costco size packs of gum for christmas and then when i'd like i no longer ate it she's like i just don't know what to give you you like she doesn't eat food but you know she eats gum and now she doesn't eat gum so i don't even like she has so much anxiety around me she's like i literally have no idea what to do (laughs) i'm just like don't worry about me it's fine (laughs) i think making our in-laws anxious is just like a part of a part of our process as women i feel like my in-laws help also just like you know yeah no 100 percent. i mean i'm like any yeah go ahead i mean at any time they give my daughter like they're watching my daughter and they give her something that like they're just a little bit unsure about because we're cut like we have some uh boundaries around you know how much crap to give our daughter but you know the fact that we have some boundaries is just like so wildly confusing that it just causes people anxiety and they have to like they feel the need to like talk through everything that they did and justify it to you and I try to be cool (laughs) but I think I just make everyone anxious (laughs) daycare called me yesterday to check if it was okay if they gave her an applesauce so like people there's just confusion (laughs) um so my husband's from like the south and his mom is the most southern woman like thick accent like thick accent like him and his sister have the thickest accents so like we're like blake's is not thick his sister his mom and sister thick and so holidays is pretty thick for context (laughs) blake's is pretty thick maybe i'm just like immune to it now but you're used to it probably but you know well then well then i need you to like meet his mom and sister like your mouth are gonna drop because you're just like that wow wow (laughs) anyways right um so holidays look like his mom who's a great cook now that i eat casseroles (laughs) is is like the mom that has a casserole dish for every person that's there like, it's not just, like, green beans. It's, like, there is every southern casserole known to right. me. So, like, five people means she's going to make five different five, dishes. Like, big casseroles, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's a stuffing casserole. It's, like, a, a mac and cheese casserole. It's a green beans casserole. Yeah. But, but, but I, like, like, I like, wouldn't even own possible. that many casserole dishes. Exactly. I said that one time. I said, Miss Lori, how do you have so many casserole pans? Like, this is impressive. Like, how do you, like, do this? Like... Like, and you're like, where do you store all these 12 casserole pans? Anyways, 
So I remember the first few years that I would go home with him for the holidays, even right. And like, I'm just sitting here being like, I can't eat any of this. Right. Like, I, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't even know yeah. how to like log this mysterious Southern casserole. Like, I don't even know the name of it. Like, it's like a potato casserole, you know, with like, I mean, everything in mankind. And so bless her, like, <laughs> she would just kind of ask like, so like, what do you eat now? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like every yeah, holiday, fair enough. Every holiday, and like this pride and joy was that she would get this twelve layered cake, and it's like super thin layers. It's like super thin layers, and there's like it's actually kind of art when you consider how thin these layers mm-hmm. are, and that they got the frosting on there. And I don't like icing, but I do like this one. And she'd be like so happy to be like, "Look what we got for dessert!" And like I'm just like, <laughs> absolutely not. Like. <laughs> <laughs> As if the 12 casserole pans weren't enough. Now we have a 12 layer cake. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Thankfully now I eat it. And I think like she's now just recovering. <laughs> yeah. Like this is her love language. Like you've been rejecting Probably. her. Probably. You Remember know normalizing yeah. is what just like the sheer panic of being in a situation like this that you experience. And you're like, I've got days left with this, with this family. <laughs> and I'm not in control of this situation was like you would have a breakdown and like I like I would have a breakdown about the whole thing like I just couldn't I would just be upset and ruin everything I'm pretty sure that's what would happen yeah ruin everything and just like what a way to live life (laughs) I know like imagine just showing up and being like oh what's to eat yeah cool like you know that's life when this this topic segues so much into another one that i think people have normalized which is not normal is this whole phrase that the diet industry every november maybe a little october out comes the phrase surviving the holiday season oh yeah in the context of not ruining your diet and not gaining any weight over the holiday season is like uh, as if that is your most ultimate goal on life and like the holiday season is out here to ruin everything for you like you, victim like the, mentality right the like, holiday season is a minefield you're about to enter a war zone you're out of control like, yeah yeah you know like prepare for war like you have to be ready at all cost and comes the most disciplined people <laughs> yeah and we can say this because that used to be us. Yeah. It's not fun. No. It is fun. I'm trying to think of something else I normalized. Like, I don't know if this is like on topic, but like there used there was like in Ohio, there was like this really healthy quote unquote restaurant. And my <laughs> family lives like an hour away from it. My brother has a posse of children all under the age of like six. And I make all of them drive out there when there's plenty of restaurants to eat at. And I don't even care about like how hard it is for him to take care of his little posse of children and drive in a car for an hour. And like, and it was only about me. I made it all about me. And there was like a 20 minute wait. It was downtown. And like, it just like, (laughs) I didn't even think about it until my husband later, he was like, that was so selfish of you to do that like do you realize how self-centered you were in that situation I was like what are you talking about yeah 
It just, I would do a lot of yeah. those. That wasn't the only time I did it. I had done, and any time I think about it, I just like literally cringe. I'm like, oh, I don't want to revisit it. Because I think something as well that we normalize, which gets us to a point of that, because I remember receiving this message. Um, oh, like you have a right to, you know, have the meal you want to have. Like, or, or like if you want to be, um, you know, if you want to be elite, like if you want to make this happen, you know, these are the types of things you have to do. Like you have to be kind of selfish. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh, so, I mean, in, here's one, right? So in Australia, where this all started in Australia and I just brought it to the States, all of this behavior over there, it's, um, it's not really that common in the way it is here to chop and change everything about your meal. Like you here, a waiter will take your order and they'll be like any substitutions. They'll be like anything else. Like if you just order what's on the menu, sometimes they're like, that's it. That's it. And, and that like, it's common at home for a menu to be like no substitutions. Like we just don't do that because a kitchen is run, a kitchen is usually set up in a way to be streamlined and profitable. And when you start letting things like that happen, that goes out the window. So like when I had my cafe, I allowed substitutions to a certain degree, but certain things you just can't change. But here's like, you can. And I remember moving over here and, you know, starting my work um, at this company and just like hearing this advice, like um, it's like your right to get the meal that you want. And so you should feel okay asking for what you need and what you want and it's more just an accepted practice here to Mm -hmm. be like hey can I get this but instead of whole eggs can I just get egg whites like can you just do that um and here and there at home that's probably fine and I think you can kind of like read the vibe of the establishment but here it's just like boom and I remember like just taking that and running and and like at one point I went to a diner and I asked them if they can make me egg whites, but can they please microwave it instead of using any oil to cook it? Because you know, <laughs> you know, that that's what they're going to do. And oh, so it's definitely God. an interesting thing here. Like it's the, um, it's a highly accepted to put everyone through the ringer to like get your weird meal. So I used to, because I lived in the desert, I would travel, uh, like Vegas was like two hours. So like we would go to Vegas, like on the weekend um, and I would go to uh, Caesars, right? Caesars, um, all you can eat. What is that? The baklava of the baklava something. I don't know. I, I can't remember, but I would go there and eat all the time. And I would go up there and I would be like, can you please make me an egg white omelet with uh, no oil, Pam spray only. And they would just like look at me like, you know what I mean? Like you could tell like that would be out of the wild. Yeah, Australia. and I would that would be wild. Well, Ashley in her high horse trotted right on over there and asked for it. I bet <laughs> because yeah, no. Um, or I used to be like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And this and like, and for reference, I never had an eating disorder, but this behavior is a little like testy i never like you're on your ever, way you're on the highway on your way you're on the highway you're about to merge straight on um but like i never would spit food out but if i ate something that i 
didn't think was worth the calories, I would stop right there and not finish the, the cookie, the cake, the food, the like whatever it was. I'm like, nope, not wasting my calories on it. And I just be like, not wasting my calories on this. You know what I mean? As if I was like speaking up for my needs. Now, where they wanted to be really lean. <laughs> the need was I wanted to stay lean at all costs. Isn't it funny how self-care is so easily, oh. like uh, so much of this is so easily hidden behind like I'm just doing self-care. Well, here's another thing. And I can only say this because many nutrition companies do this. They will bring mindful eating practices into dieting to help you diet and stay uh, more adherent which really mm-hmm. screws people up whenever they try to actually mindfully eat and not macro track. And so, yes, I'm talking about myself, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because like, you know, like we were taught to do that. I did that, like as horrible as it sounds, that is the truth. And the truth is, is that like you could see in almost every macro tracking nutrition company that they have to find ways to help you stay adherent. And so they will pull from anything that works, including things like, so probably like some like intuitive eating practices. So one thing that that I actually don't think is normal and what has left a lot of our specific clients. Now, am I saying that this applies to everybody? No, I'm just saying it applies to our clients. And all of our clients will vouch for this, I promise. But is like the mindful eating tactic of eat to 80% full, right? Like you almost hear that. And it's like, and it's touted as like, this is what healthy people do. Healthy people. I have an opinion on this too, sir. Oh, okay. That that, you know, like healthy people eat to 80%. Well, what that does to somebody who's trying to live in the land of restriction is that they never ever experience satiety, fullness, or overeating. And they are constantly with the goal every meal to undereat. So then when a client goes through recovery, they are terrified and freaked out because they don't have a pulse on what is eating to satiety, eating to full, and what is eating and what is quote unquote overeating. And so they assume that anything over 80% automatically equates to overeating gorging to the point well even some not all but some will then now call it I had a binge no you just ate a normal size of oatmeal Mm -hmm. just saying so there's so there's one example of that now Danny do you have a an opposing thought this would be interesting no it's not opposing really but uh, this came up, re- you know, my husband actually recently was only just heard of this concept. Okay. Every now and then he brings me in like a blast from the past. Like it's a new idea um, because it's like, oh, I think it came, you know, from some like Japanese way of like uh blue zone situation. And I, I was talking to him about it because it's something that he is playing with, even though the boy is like a hard gainer and constantly yeah. trying to gain weight. That is not like, all right, dude for him, but, <laughs> but, but I was like, you know what, you know what? 80% fullness. What is that? You know? And I'm like, I think that when I first heard it, I can cons- imagined like what you're saying, Ashley, 80% fullness to me means not being full. Yeah. 
it like 80% fullness means you should still have a little bit of room in the tank. It's like, hang on a sec, 80% full actually sounds like if I really think about it, it probably is pretty, a pretty satiating state. You know, if you really think about a hundred percent full might be like, this is just my fresh, fresh take. Okay. Of a hundred percent full is uncomfortable full, right? Cause we'll know what that's like. It's like, Oh, all right. Like I'm gonna need an hour <laughs> to just like digest 80% full is like genuine, could be considered genuinely full, full if you wanted to. But I think some people have taken 80% full and thought that it means they still need to feel 20% hungry. Mm. Like why can't 80% full just mean you are completely full and you haven't made yourself sick? Like why can't it be somewhere in the middle? Well, because I actually don't think that full is a bad thing. I think diet industry has made full the evil. Well, that's like what I'm saying. Yeah. I I mean, I guess it's it's a tough because it's subjective, 80% right. fullness. Like, what do you want me to do with that? Whereas like, I just don't think it means you still need to be hungry. I, I worry that that's what people, you know, that that's what people take from advice like that. Oh, I still need to be a little bit hungry. Yes. That, I mean, so the thing about that's where our clients and things that are not normal, right? to where they start to feel comforted by the feeling of hunger and emptiness. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. I totally was like that, right? Like think about that's why people body check before they eat. Oh yeah. I, I have heard people say, I just love how I feel when I'm just a little bit hungry. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a highway. That's a highway to disordered, not eating disorder, but disordered eating, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, that's a common one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to put like a little intro at the beginning of this episode. It's <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. I feel like some people, um, although we're talking about this stuff from the perspective of like, this isn't normal and like, let's laugh and let's not do these things anymore. There are still some people in a situation where they're not hearing the piece of don't do this. They're just hearing the things people do because it results in weight loss and wanting wanting to go and do that, if you know what I mean. I yeah, but it, then like, I don't think that that's- I have to put it in true. Well, yeah, but I don't think that that's our people. Like our people actually are here to recover. So if like you're here to diet, I'm, I can't imagine that you would even get this far in the podcast. Yeah, no, we totally get comments from people. <laughs> we totally get comments from people, right? Who are like, hey, I know what you were trying to say, but this actually oh, just me Oh, you know, and, and truthfully, so yes. right. Yes, yes, they're yes. not our people, but they're listening. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give them, I'm gonna give them a heads up. But all of you guys, like, no, these are just behaviors to assess, to see, like, like no one's saying that this actually, okay. Yes. You go ahead and you continue to value feeling empty or hungry. And let me know if ovulation comes back. So Mm -hmm. there's your Mm -hmm. disclaimer. You you know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's like glorifying these things as things that you should be doing. No, these are, these are the habits that 
you know, these are your habits. Don't be surprised if ovulation has like ceased. Mm-hmm. Not deceased. I'm because like your your like ovulation can be restored, but don't be surprised if it's not coming back. If you're more committed to feeling empty than ovulating, then that's what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and we'll we'll wrap up in a sec, but that made me think of one thing too, of like when, when you're um in quasi recovery too, I think one of the signs is that you're doing any of these things. And that hunger piece too. I think a lot of people like to increase their food, but still maintain a feeling of hunger at some point in the day. Uh, yeah. Right? They would uh, like, they like having that. It's reassurance that they haven't gone quote too far or anything like that. So that's one that I would extra, extra call out. Cause I mean, I remember doing that being like, Hey, I'm eating more, but I, I still feel like I'm still waiting till I'm hungry before I eat that food. Uh-huh. I still have to be hungry before I'm allowed to eat food. But when I do eat food, then I will eat more. And now I'm doing recovery, but it's like, Oh, not really. If you still have this rule that you have to be a little bit hungry, you're still doing that behavior. You're just eating a little bit more, more food. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Any final ones you have to get off your chest before we wrap this up? No. Things I thought were. I'm normal. sure there's more. Oh my gosh! You know I'm what? Sh- Pro- probably just probably just like checking your steps and then like pacing the room. Oh my god! That is not normal. That is so not normal. Not normal. Uh, eating dry to- leaves not normal not normal don't do it eating a rice cake and think that you're eating like carbs like half a banana not normal i'm trying to think like this might be more disordered eating and not um but like not normal (laughs) well yeah true true but um like eating food in secret like i would used to like binge jars of peanut butter like after everybody would go to bed i would like sneak out and like just go to town so. yes not normal totally a good one feeling like for some reason you have to um not eat in front of people and it's like because because like eating straight out of a peanut butter jar maybe is a little bit strange in some settings that like you wouldn't want people to see you do that or I think for me it was like I I had always enlisted my husband to like help me stay accountable like you know so if if I started binging on something and he saw me it would like he would see me actively failing something that I asked him to help me with but you know kind of like an addict right an addict behavior you would hide that you're going to go and do drugs from people that care about you you know even though they probably would love like my husband would love to watch me just like not to watch me because actually he has misophonia and hates the sound and watching people eat, but he would How love to know that I was eating. Then? How does he eat with us? Like we have meals with him. You know, funnily enough, um, funnily enough, he, he went through a really bad period of anxiety and depending on his anxiety, it's worse or better. Mm. So he's doing 
better right now. And so he can tolerate and lock it out. And like one of his superpowers slash potentially toxic traits is that he can um, pretend you're just not bothering him, but like actually he's dying inside. (laughs) So there's that. Um, But he, like when we were early, early together and he was really going through a hard time, um, he would have to sit far away from me. I would, we would have to watch TV while eating and I would not be allowed to take the first bite until he has played the, the turn the TV on and put it up to really high volume where he can't hear me. So he's on the other side of the room with the TV up really loud. And then we're allowed to eat. And like, there were times where I would be on the other side of the house, like at lunch and I'd be standing in the kitchen and maybe he's over in the lounge room and I would like go and bite my food and, and you would just see, he does this. He's doing whatever he's doing and he just knows you're eating and he just goes and blocks his ear. He just puts a finger in his ear and blocks it. He would do that around me. And then that, I mean, it caused problems in our relationship. Like it's a whole thing because I started feeling repulsive, even though it's everyone and anyone. Mm-hmm. I started feeling like I was the problem and I was gross and it was bad that I would eat like around him. So he had to do his own thing. It's a whole, like misophonia is a, like a thing. Um, and yeah, it depends on his mental state, whether or not he can tolerate people eating. <laughs> what does he do with Zara? <laughs> That's so for tough. Some, for some Zara? reason, for some reason, he's completely immune to her. For some reason, there's something about her just like, this is, is my offspring. It's, it's is, totally okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay no issue with her eating but it hasn't come up as a problem for us in a long time he's been um i haven't seen him block his ears in a long time okay okay but so imagine him dealing with me licking my plates (laughs) and like and like i would have the spoon and before i get to the spoon licking I would still be, I would use the spoon and I'd scrape it dry. So it's just that sound of the spoon on the ceramic or the porcelain of the, um, of the, the bowl that he would eventually just rage at me. And he'd be like, there is none left in the bowl. Stop. Oh my gosh. Like when you scrape, like again, not normal. When you scrape like yoga out of the bowl and it has just the tiniest little streaks left and I would need every one of them. And that was how I would eventually just start licking because the, the the spoon can't get it all. And like out of like in his peripherals, he knows this is happening. <laughs> okay. I just feel like, how did you like not share that before to paint this picture? Yeah. I don't like, you just forget about these things. Like they're just deep in there. You oh blacked him out. Uh, how we're all still married. I have no idea, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, like my I like, don't know. My deadly gas. Mishi's humanely raised. <laughs> and Danny looking. I bowl. don't know because I feel like I feel like I would not have accepted this level of crazy from him. Like it no, would have been ages not. ago. And like so soon into it would we have sat down and me have been like <laughs> This must stop. <laughs> that is funny. I don't, yeah, you're right. Cause like I wouldn't have allowed it, any of these behaviors, but he, 
Like, even if it was like a, a different behavior, but the same level of intensity and like impact on our life. Exactly. Like we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything because of you and your weird rules stop or else I'm leaving. And, and they don't do that to us. Uh, it's just like so interesting. They're just, they're just the best. I want to know why. Like, if anybody knows. Well, and so here's well, probably the sad thing. I'm sure that they probably haven't met a woman that's not dieting. They probably don't have a mom that's not that's dieting. It's probably they're so not questioning on. it. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, like your wife does that. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess she could bring over a turkey. You know what I mean? They're just like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. I'll grill up these fat-free hot dogs for you. You know? like Totally. And I remember one time I made my, like, there was nothing I could eat at this restaurant. And I just, like, lost my mind. And we had to leave early. We had friends there. So Jake couldn't like hang out with his friends. We had to leave early because I wouldn't just eat the nachos. You know what I mean? Um, And Jake just told his friend, he was like, I'm pretty sure Jake told his friend like, well, there's just nothing here Danny can have. So we have to leave. And I think that his friend was just like, I totally get it, bro. (laughs) Like, I think that his friend was just like, oh, that sucks. And like, maybe he thought that was a bit weird, but he understood because bitches are crazy <laughs> like i think that's what they think yeah, because we're also hungry Ugh. and <laughs> it's well, sad yeah we're not actually crazy we're yeah. not we're just hungry we just don't have any estrogen we're not reasonable oh, you know what's really it was unreasonable this conversation brings up like I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like the crazy hot scale like if <laughs> if, if she's like a 10 like her crazy level is here like it that's just like I don't know you'll have to google the crazy hot scale but <laughs> it makes sense oh makes, my god it does make sense bless them bless our in-laws bless the family mm-hmm. that's still our family the friends that are still our friends oh <laughs> uh, thank Sorry you for, for what us. i did when i was hungry <laughs> thank you for yeah, still yeah. being our friends on the other side true story and oh like- yeah i feel like i feel like we need to sell like um greeting cause like sorry <laughs> for what i did when i had ha for, oh, for my everyone gosh. to go through like a heal and maybe we should do that next retreat it's like everyone <gasps> you have to write so three letters to three people who have been impacted by you like where something happened and you know you don't ever have to send it or you can but it's like uh i'm sorry for what i did when i was crazy letter i love that yeah a lot i mean my friend just recent like recently even though i've been on this journey for like over three years right she was like i just really love this season that you're in because she's my childhood friend who i've like went on vacations with when i was normal and then when i started like back (laughs) with travel you know what i mean like she's the friend who's like brazilian or mixed nuts that binged in the pantry and couldn't understand why nobody else was like not drawn to these 
makes nuts in the pantry. Like, I just didn't understand how nobody else was over here snacking with me. You know what I mean? Just like going to town. Anyways, she was like, I'm just really happy about the season of life you're in. I'm really excited about it. Because she's the person, Amishi, I think you had posted something about working out on vacation. And she goes, do you remember that time you went to Italy and like the entire day was skewed so that you could get a workout in before we left the boat in order to like go and explore? I was like, yeah, that did. Uh, I apologize. Gone are those days. Gone are those days. Uh, But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bless, them. Bless all the people. Derailing a once in a lifetime vacation so that you can do a workout is also considered an abnormal behavior. Yes, absolutely. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, good times. Good times, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing all of your weirdness. Guys, we would love for you to message us with anything that you, you what did we leave out? What did we forget? You know, yeah. it's cathartic. Yeah. Like, let it out. Um, and earlier I had I had mentioned, I was like, oh, we should do that next retreat. Just so you guys know, Joshua Tree, March next year. We have at the time of recording this a spot left. So please go to the website, fill out the application form. Um, and well, it's actually just an interest form. Or if March is busy, but September's free, uh Zion. National Park, mm-hmm. Utah. Yes. That one, September. So go to the website, go check out what upcoming trips are on. Submit your name and email and which trips you're interested in, and I will respond back to you. Um, we can have a chat, we can get on a call and just see if it's a fit for you or all that good stuff. Otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature 
This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. 
Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.